This podcast is for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law, not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the host of the show. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. Hello, and welcome to Business Wise with your host, John Estefanos. John is a licensed attorney in California, a real estate broker, and a serial entrepreneur. His goal is to educate and inspire business owners and entrepreneurs everywhere to achieve their dreams and set up their business to achieve the most success possible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Business Wise. I'm your host, John. How are you guys doing? Hope you guys are having a uh, great and productive week. I am excited to be here with you guys today. Um, for those of you that listened to the last episode, we discussed uh, articles of incorporation and bylaws and what those are and why they are important. And today we are going to do the same exact thing, but we are going to talk about limited liability companies also known as LLCs, and the importance of articles of organization, which are equivalent to articles of incorporation and the operating agreement for a limited liability company, which which is the equivalent to what the bylaws are for a corporation. And I know that there's a lot of businesses out there that are formed as limited liability companies or LLCs. They mean the same exact word. So when you hear LLC, I am basically just abbreviating uh, the words limited liability company. So um, just like a corporation and limited liability company has articles, they are referred to just to be correct, articles of organization. And then uh, corporations are Articles of incorporation, but articles of organization are the uh, initial filings with the Secretary of State. So this is the document that will allow the state to recognize you as an LLC. If you don't take that first step, you are not properly formed as a uh, limited liability company. And I want to discuss, well, what does this uh, document contain? Uh, This is a very important document, yet it contains very simple information. Um, You will see on there the LLC's name. And um, again, that could be different than you're doing business as DBA, um, as uh, some of you may know it. So you can have a, a limited liability company name and a doing business as name that is different, or they could be the same. There is no right or wrong way to set this up. And uh, that's just a matter of preference, excuse me. And then it's going to have the purpose of the limited liability company. And the purpose of the limited liability company is any lawful business. So when you file for a limited liability company, the estate does not limit you to a specific purpose or activity. So long as it's lawful, you can conduct business. That's all the state requires. The other thing you will see on there is the agent for service of process. And this is the person that will receive legal documents on behalf of the limited liability company. And that could be you. 
and it could go to an address of your choice. That could be your attorney. If you have an attorney and you want them to receive those documents, you could put the attorney's name and their address. Um, it just cannot be a, um, uh, it cannot, you cannot just have it blank. You need somebody there to receive those documents and it has to be you or somebody else. It could be um, at a different mailing address too than, than the business or it could be the same as the business. You will also see on there the mailing address. Um, that can be a P.O. box in terms of the mailing address. and uh, Or you can have the mailing address be your business mailing address. Um, the, uh, so that's, again, that is, there's no right or wrong way. That is just a matter of preference. And then it will say um, or list the business address. And that cannot be a P.O. box. That has to be the physical address of the business. And um, if you're starting a, a, you know, a business out of the house, that could be simply your, your house address, your apartment address, where you live, your condo, wherever it is. It just cannot be a P.O. box. It has to be a physical address. And, and that's what you need to know about that. And it will also tell you to list the organizer. The organizer is the equivalent to the incorporator when we discussed corporations in our last episode. The organizer can be you. It could be your CPA. It could be uh, an attorney. Um, I know when I file these, a lot of times I'm listed as the organizer. So this is the information that is um, provided in the articles of organization. Very important document. It's basically your way of registering with the state. And it's a way for other people to verify that you are registered um, with the state. And again, this is a document that almost everyone you deal with will ask you for. Um, If you're dealing with lenders, banks, vendors, just about anybody um, you deal with will ask you for your articles of organization. And uh, I picked these documents specifically because I know that as business owners, we get asked for them a lot. And I want you guys to know what it is that you are passing around and giving um, other people. The second important document, sorry, I want to talk about is the operating agreement. What is an operating agreement? An operating agreement outlines and defines internal operating procedures and relationship agreements between the members of a limited liability company. Okay, so basically it outlines all the relationships, Who's who? Uh, you know, in, 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 in a corporation, we discuss some titles like shareholders, directors, president, secretary. And I'm going to be doing some episodes coming up on what, what the roles are for all these people. Uh, but right now, just to stay focused here on, on this, in, an, in a limited liability company, we don't have those titles. We use members and managers and a member is the equivalent to what a shareholder is in a corporation so a member is someone that has ownership percentage in the limited liability company and the manager is the person that 
can have ownership percentage, but the manager is the one that manages the day-to-day affairs of a limited liability company. So they have a very important role. That doesn't mean that they have to be an owner, but they manage the day-to-day affairs. And just like a corporation where sometimes you are the president, vice president, director, shareholder, same thing in a limited liability company. You can be the only member and you can be the manager, managing member. And the goal Uh, The general goal, sorry, for an operating agreement is to establish guidelines of how the business owners professionally relate to each other in terms of their management and operations. And again, look, if you have an LLC and and you are by yourself, it's just like a corporation. You are everything. So it doesn't really matter. This stuff really, really matters when you start having partners, when you start having different ideas and and the potential of conflict arising. But in a limited liability, you can be um, the only member and you can be the managing member. So you answer basically to yourself. You make all the decisions. You are 100% owner and you are uh, the manager. So just like a corporation, limited liabilities works um, the same way, except we're using different titles. Um, the, you know, so I get asked a lot, well, what's the information that we're going to have in an operating agreement? Well, that, you know, depends on your specific business. Um, however, generally, um, it will include um, details about ownership, operations, management, and financing. Um, so, you know, some of the things you'll see in there is a, a specific description of the business operations. Um, while we may not put that on the articles of organization, but when it comes time to the operating agreement, it should say, what is this operating, uh, or sorry, what is this business going to do? What kind of activity? Okay, so um, description of the business operations. The other thing you'll see in there is the separation between the LLC members and the business entity an outline of how they are separate entities and how they work together. And then there's a succession plan, how an owner exits and what happens if the unexpected issue with an owner occurs. So it talks about all kinds of different things. Uh, In other words, how do you exit? If you're a member, how do you exit? How do you, um, you know, again, this gets very easy when you're by yourself. But if you have partners... Okay, and I know a lot of businesses have partners and, 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 and involved. So then, again, where you have partners, it leads to potential conflict. So it, it, in the operating agreement, it shows the exit strategy. Okay, how if there's one partner that's not happy, wants to get out, wants to sell their interest, what happens? How do they do it? Um, the other thing you'll see in there is how managers get appointed and their responsibilities and obligations to the business. And um, um, this is very important because um, it will show how a manager is appointed, what the details of their responsibilities and obligations are. So that way, if you are not a manager and you're just a member, you have an idea of what that manager needs to do and you can hold them accountable. Again, I keep saying it, if you're by yourself, this stuff won't 
hit home that much. And what I mean by yourself, if you own it 100% and you don't have any other um, members or partners with you, it won't really matter. It's just information I need you to know and I want you to know so that you can know how this uh, document works. Um, It will also talk about how members and owners get to vote on important issues and it discusses what are those important issues and and um, the voting structure again very important um, and then it will also talk about the restrictions of transfer of ownership and how that occurs um, so you want to transfer your share you want to sell your share well there's got to be some kind of guideline as to how that's going to happen, uh, you certainly don't want to be in some limited liability company where one partner just, you know, does whatever they want with their membership interest or their share in that LLC. So um, in the operating agreement, there will be um, restrictions of the transfer of ownership and how it occurs. And um, the other thing that will be in there is how funds are raised and repaid from the business. So in other words, um, you know, if, if, if uh, it will talk about if, you know, investors are coming in, um, how their money will be invested, how they will be paid back, if a loan is obtained, how um, that loan will be obtained, how that loan will be paid back. Um, that's, again, very important, right? Because you don't want to be a member in, in, in an LLC and that information is not in there and, um, the you know, um, money can be borrowed or investors can come in and there's no guideline or uh, set of rules to follow. The other thing that will be in there is how profits and losses and distributions are to be treated. And, and uh, that's, again, very, very important, okay? Because this will talk about, you know, what to do when there's profits. You can't assume if there's profits that you're entitled to them because you're a member. Um, you are certainly not entitled to profits just because there are profits, and the same thing with losses. What happens if there's a loss? What happens if there's a $100,000 loss? Are you, you know, uh, is someone who's 10% responsible for that or someone that has maybe a bigger share or a smaller share? So it goes on and on to talk about all the specific details. And most operating agreements are pretty easy to read. So um your job is to just make sure that that information is in there so that it governs the limited liability company so that you know the direction you are um, headed. Um, The other thing it will talk about is how the books and records should should be maintained. Same thing like uh, a corporation when we discussed in our last episode where you know, you got to have meetings and director meetings at least once a year and shareholder meetings. And what happens if you want to call an emergency meeting? Same idea here, how the books and records are to be held, uh, kept, maintained, the meetings. Um, there's specific language for all of this. And that's kind of what an operating agreement is. Think of it as, as the Bible, if you would, for or the manual for your limited liability company. Um, 
that is a, a very, very important document. And you again, it's another document that, that everybody you deal with will ask you for. It's very, very important. And um, I want you to know when you're handing it out, passing it out, you know, what information it has in there. So I, I urge you, if you have an operating agreement, if you are actually formed as a limited liability company, I urge you to go through it once, twice, maybe three times to become familiar with it, to make sure that all of this information is in there. And uh, the last thing I want to mention, an operating agreement can also include any other specific items that you feel is necessary um, to operate and protect the rights of the of of the business owner. So you are not limited to anything in this document. Um, uh, this is the time to insert, you know, anything you want, so long as that there is an understanding between all the parties and all the parties are in agreement to what's being put into the operating agreement. So I don't want you to think that it has to have, you know, um, certain things or you can't put certain things in there. No, you can have um, other items that uh, that may not be in other operating agreements in your operating agreement. Very, very specific. So, I you know, to, to, I could say it this way. It, it could be very, very specifically tailored to your type of business and to your uh, needs. That's the uh, good thing about an operating agreement. The things I mentioned really quick are some of the things that are in there, but there can definitely, uh, I'm giving you the bare minimum of what needs to be in there. You can definitely have a lot more than that. So I think that's it on our discussion. Um, we discussed the articles of organization. We discussed the operating agreement. Those are two key documents that control every limited liability company. And again, the purpose of this episode is to educate you guys so that you guys know what is in these documents and why people ask for them. And you, I think you can imagine why people ask for them because they want to see all of this information. They want to see that there's a structure, there's uh, who the parties are, what their percentages are, what they, what they, uh, what, how much capital they have contributed. So, without seeing these documents, the person you are dealing with won't really know this information. In our next couple of episodes, I'm going to discuss kind of the roles of managers and members in an LLC, the specific roles. And then I'm going to discuss the specific roles of a shareholder, director, and officer in a corporation. And again, um, if you're operating your own LLC or corporation, this may not be that big of a deal, but I still think it's very, very valuable information that you need to know understanding the roles of your title is very, very important. And, um, you know, my job is to just bring it home and shed some light on you guys so that you guys have a, a better understanding. And I'm trying to make you a, uh, uh, you know, a much 
uh, or a better, I should say, uh, business owner. So that's kind of what you should expect over the next uh, two episodes. Um, I want to say I think that's it for today. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please subscribe and rate. Follow me on Instagram at businesswise podcast and let me know any topics you would like discussed. This podcast is for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law, not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the host of the show. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state.